My chair is squeaking. Great, great for some patina. This is the cold open. Yeah. Working conditions at the Montague Reporter office. The squeaking of chairs, the creaking of bones. Hello and welcome to the Montague Reporter podcast, the podcast obsessed with the Montague Reporter newspaper. I am here with Mike Jackson for another quote-unquote regular episode. Hello, Mike. Hello, Sarah. I like the semi-regularity. It uh, keeps, keeps me on my toes, and I hope our listeners too. So let's dive into the news. I thought today we could focus on Montague, which I guess yes. we do almost every time anyway, but... We do often. Uh, we are in Turner's Falls, which is in Montague, and we're named after Montague. So our readers in uh, our other coverage towns, Irving, Gill, Leverett, and Wendell, um, are encouraged to keep listening. And uh, beyond those towns as well, um, Montague is a good example of a lot of things. Very instructive. By the way, I don't think we're going to talk about this at length, but I did really enjoy your um, article, Downtown Shopkeepers Look Forward to Holidays. My favorite part about it was all the secondhand retail going on in downtown Turner's Falls. Yeah, it's really, really the strength here. Loot um, has been here for 10 years now, and uh, it's kind of, it, its presence here, uh, you know, seems to, to bring in some, some like-minded um, business people, and this is like remade, upcycled, carefully curated, uh, pretty neat stuff. Um, Catherine Swanson made a really good case, <laughs> really gave me a really good soundbite uh, when I talked to her uh, over at Swanson's Fabrics about uh, if you want to make sure that there's not a negative uh, human or environmental cost of, of your shopping, then, then that's the way to do it. But, you know, really, you know, if you're not trying to get like the newest game system or something, um, there really is a lot of good stuff out there. Moving back to Montague town business, uh, the budget process is starting and I don't really understand the town budget process fully, um, which I learned by just talking to you about it before recording for like one minute. There were a couple of department heads who kind of gave a pitch for possible new hiring or, you know, expanding their departments a, a little bit. And that was in the December 2nd edition which uh, you wrote that article. So I don't know if you can talk about that a bit. Well, I mean, this is something that affects all the towns and also the school districts. Um, there's just this big annual cycle of, of um, what the budgets are. Uh, it's regulated by law, how that works to a large extent. And because it's just like such a huge process, it ends up being kind of the, the backbone of, of how a lot of decisions get made about you know what the towns or the school districts do. Um, you know the the budget planning. What what are we gonna what are we gonna spend on? Um, becomes kind of like the the way everything gets hashed out. Um, certainly, like the the opportunity that the public has to weigh in on, on what the town government is doing. Um, here in Montague, you know, we've got a representative town meeting. Um, the other other towns have uh, anyone shows up town meeting, and um, town meeting has to approve the budget ultimately for the for the coming year. So those fiscal years run July through June. So it usually happens at an annual town meeting um, in April or May or so. And kind of you back up from there, right? All the planning that goes into it, running these these complex organizations. And it basically brings you all the way into, you know, basically November for the most part. So for 
don't know. I guess that's like half the year, a little bit more. Um, it's, it's just the process of like the next year's budget. And it's uh, horribly dry. We try to make it less dry for our readers because I think it is like one good entry point for, for civic engagement is to pay attention to that stuff. We're at the point with both the school districts and, and most of the towns where uh, they go out to the departments and say, okay, you know, what, what, what does your department need next year? And does your give give us a draft kind of department budget if this is going to grow you know let us know up front because we got to figure out how these all fit together in town budget and how much money the town's going to need and how much we're going to have to tax everyone to get it so we're, we're right now kind of in montague uh, and a couple other towns on the point where people who want to change or grow their their departments are putting in those requests Does that make sense so far yes in Montague, um, you know, there's a couple of smaller ones down at the wastewater plant. Um, they want a new position to, to do the lab work. Uh, Chelsea Little, the superintendent, came in like last week to, to explain why. Um, right now, they're like, tests are getting sent out and it's more expensive. And, you know, I think we'll see. But, you know, her, her case scanned <laughs> to me. Um, and then there's two, um, you know, a couple of other ones have come in. Um, but the big ones so far in Montague are... Um, the police department, um, which wants to add some positions, and uh, town hall itself, the town administrator wants to add an assistant town administrator position, plus one more kind of part-time position. So when I originally said that we should talk about this, I was like, oh yeah, department heads are like, explaining their vision, their dreams or whatever. And you were like, no, it's like the opposite. Like (laughs) basically like they have to justify all of their spending. Um, Well, they are, they are explaining their dreams. uh, I I think at this point, I think um, (laughs) this this is backstage talk, but uh, I think the the thing that I had uh, maybe raised an objection to is, is you, you'd said, um, encouraged to dream big. Dream big. And I, I don't think that that's Definitely the game not. at all. Yeah. I think, <laughs> you know, um, the, the people in decision making or, uh, you know, decision recommending, uh, positions are like, Oh no, when they hear, uh, when they see some of these things come in, mm. um, and, you know, you gotta make the case for more spending. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, both of these things would be an expansion, um, of, of, departments by jobs and uh, maybe they're appropriate maybe they're not but um, it's all going to be hashed out I'll also say um, you know it's in Leverett it's usually about the school Um, Leverett Elementary School is uh, you know um, really uh, valued as as you know one of the features drawing people to that community it's also a town that has been kind of up against this there's this um arbitrary under prop two and a half kind of uh ceiling set in um, town budgets of not being able to tax at more than 25 dollars per thousand um for property taxes and once you start getting close to there you run into trouble um if you hit it all hell breaks loose and there's like mandatory cuts across the board in every department and uh, so everyone you know wants to not hit that third rail, um, but in Leverett, you know, they've had the tough time because they're getting toward it and uh, not a lot of room for growth in that town. It's a very residential town, not a lot of remaining buildable lots. And uh, they might um, be getting some relief this year because I think um, the assessments on their properties went up, which means that, you know, 
they can get more taxes for a lower relative rate. So that that might be a little reprieve. But um, they've really um, been trying to trying to rein in budget growth there for like the last few cycles, mm-hmm. and it's just uh, there are expanding costs at the elementary school. It's like a rock and a hard place, and mm-hmm. you know you see it play out, and and that's like these things are numbers um, and they're dry but when you get into into the the room at town meeting you know and you've got like there are like seniors um, who are on a really fixed income and have lived in town for a really long time and and there's like young families um, saying you know we moved to this town because of this school um, and you know we want other people to also um, these are the conflicts that like really end up bringing out you know this whole constellation of, of social uh, forces and sometimes social tensions that are otherwise under the surface and people are are just you know um, put in in material opposition to each other and it can be really difficult for these towns to go through this mm-hmm. so there was a very um, you know amusingly written story by Jeff Singleton about wetlands in Lake Pleasant yep and um, so it's a it's kind of a, a public administration story in a way, but um, I have more to say about it later because I used to live in Lake Pleasant. But um, what's what's it about? Well, well, first, can you, as someone who lived right there in Lake uh-huh. Pleasant, um, Montague's uh, <laughs> most miniature village, describe this dingle for our readers a little little. okay so i used to live um right next to it actually i used to live very close to the bridge of names for a couple of years and um so the bridge of names is like this landmark in lake pleasant and it it goes over a kind of ravine um and then down below there's a stream that the lake feeds the lake pleasant feeds it's it's a stream that like meanders a lot and there's like a lot of like kind of um a wetland and it's not great it, like it, no one would build a house there because it's such a steep ravine yeah these are some lots that are currently town owned uh, th- there's a couple of things I'll, I'll add to in this background mm-hmm. um which are you know this is this is uh lake pleasant has two parts and there's a ravine between them mm. not just a bridge this is this is separates the two parts of the village even um, and, uh, recently, um, a windstorm swept through this thing and knocked a bunch of trees over right in this zone and, uh, you know, knocked down a bunch of this bridge and there's been a big bridge rebuilding project. And in the course of that, um, people started kind of, uh, bickering a little bit over whether some more trees should be cut down right in there. And, um, the water department also owns a lot of um, a lot of land around Lake Pleasant, and I think some of the some of the zones that the trees were on was water department land. Um, hasn't been like a huge controversy or anything, but there's definitely like people are like looking at this ravine right now, and I think that that's kind of the background coming into. Um, there's some town-owned lots in there, and mm-hmm. uh, they're they're talking about. And I guess uh, you know we're recording this on Friday, so I don't know what happened at last night's meeting. Um, but uh, they were going to talk about giving them to the Conservation Commission. Yeah, because the Conservation Commission protects wetlands. That kind of goes with the Conservation Commission's mission, but doesn't really, um, I guess maybe it would be more appropriate for the Conservation Commission to own the land rather than, um, are you sure it's the Water Department and not the Fire? 
district? Is this the same? Um, it's the they're they're the same entity, uh, Turner's oh. Falls um, Fire District um, oversees the fire department and water department. I did not realize that. Um, I was but if you look confused. in the registry of deeds, yeah, it, it's it's kind of um, wild uh, if you actually look at the deeds because a lot of them will say water department, even though that's maybe not the legal entity that owns it. Um, yeah, it's there, there's a mishmash, but uh, you know, it's it's a uh, water department land uh, as far as anyone's concerned. Sorry, I'm folding my newspaper here. Um, yeah, and like the other confusing thing about this story is that a lot of the town records of the land, like the deed records, um, are very old and outdated. Um, <laughs> because of Lake Pleasant's history, maybe. Well, at least that's what Walter Ramsey speculated, and that speculation was repeated in the article. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean... It's not not totally just speculation. Uh, this was if you look at old pictures of Lake Pleasant past a certain point, you know, it was it was really platform tents. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a, a summer camp meeting um, uh, center. And then people put up little ramshackle uh, buildings of different sorts. And, yeah, it's been, um, yeah, kind of a crazy quilt over there. And there were also several fires throughout the years that destroyed a lot of the buildings in town. So, and it was it was rebuilt many times over. So that probably does not help to um, address the confusion when it comes but, to where buildings belong. Right, fires didn't help. Um, yeah, it's a good <laughs> it's a good story, and that it's just kind of like a a mess, you know. Uh, these administrative you know little machines uh, kind of try to drive into a question and find themselves just like stuck in this history swamp mm -hmm. but anyway yeah i just like i think this is a very charming article especially the end there um where jeff singleton quotes david james who um used to be my next door neighbor and also works as the postmaster and um, is the resident historian of Lake Pleasant. Um, he said, Lake Pleasant has lots of confusing property lines, non-existent streets, and ghosts of all kinds. Um, he noted that a street called Zanita Street appears on maps of his property. It goes right through my front yard, he said, but there's no common traffic. There's been no tr common traffic on it for 100 years. Yep. So that's Lake Pleasant for you. Good little article. <laughs> one of my favorite things in this week's issue, too. Yeah. I know you have um, more than one non sequitur. I've got a few. Yeah. Do you have some? Well, I just have one, and I, w I just chose it at the last minute. So why don't you go first? Yeah, I've got a few. Um, there's a little thing in this week's paper uh, that I hope people look at. <laughs> I don't know if everyone can make heads or tails of it, which... Uh, a reader who is a mathematics professor um, sent in, and it's uh, about Benford's Law. Oh, God, yeah. I was like, what? What? <laughs> what? Uh, really good content. Uh, this is one of my favorite. You know, this this arrived in a um, printout in, in, a, in a package that arrived in our mail, uh, but it was ended up being two printed pages, um, one of which was a chart 
Um, I had some fun recreating the chart on my own computer so I could put it in. And then uh, it looked like, um, but it was about um, Benford's Law, which says if you take like some big kind of uh, you know, naturally occurring data set that's out in the world, the first numbers, the first digits of numbers have uh, a really particular distribution where one is the most likely thing a number will start with. And then it goes down from there, but, you know, in kind of a logarithmic way. So Hans Herda decided to test this, took a Montague reporter um, from, I think, November, took the first section, went through and, and uh, used every every number. You know, you throw out a couple of things, you throw out phone numbers or things that, you know, have, have some kind of system to them, but um, took every number he could find and then <laughs> graphed it out and did a side-by-side um, between that edition of the Montague reporter and what the Benford's Law distribution says it should be great content (laughs) this is like this is the ideal as far as i'm concerned keep them coming i feel like that's such dedication that's like another example of someone who's very very dedicated to diving deep into the montague reporter yeah yeah oh well or even just into into our world you know it's 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 a close engagement with with the world yeah um with the universe that we're we're in um to, to do that kind of thing so Thank you to Hans Herda. Thank you to our readers. <laughs> <laughs> My non sequitur number two is really kind of along the same lines. There's uh, someone out there who's been sampling this podcast to make Instagram reels. And I just want to give give a shout out um, and say that's creepy, but um, keep it up. Uh, yeah, you're going to have to explain this because I'm not on the IG. Right. Well, so all the social media apps, or a lot of them, um, are, like, trying to... They, they have, like, this add-on that's, like, short videos that disappear. They're, they're kind of trying to take the, like, the excitement of Snapchat and, like, kind of harness that and, like, put it into other apps. And, you know, I guess Facebook has always... Or not always, but, like, Facebook has had Facebook Live. But both Instagram has, like, these reels. And then Twitter also now has a... I think Twitter stories, which are basically like disappearing videos that they're trying to get people to make. Um, I usually ignore this stuff. Um, this was brought to my attention. And um, yeah, it's really uh, weird to hear your own voice. It's... Oh, no. <laughs> okay, I have to look this up. Can you send it to me? No, they disappeared. Okay, they disappear. Okay. So yeah. why, 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 are, why, why? <laughs> Not that I don't I think, love. I think it's that just a similar, you know, it, it's someone who who was making just little little uh, videos with um, shapes and mm-hmm. you know um, sounds and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. just like with this Benford's Law character, um, it, it was uh, the Montague Reporter is part of the the detritus <laughs> of their lived environment, and uh, so they they used it uh, for for other ends. Okay, well, I guess I should be flattered. Thanks. Thanks, Mike, uh, and thanks, whoever's name, nameless. Name, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'll 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 name them if uh yeah if if they want, but I didn't get that permission, so I won't. Okay. Um yeah, and uh, yeah, I'll send you the next one if it if it does happen again. Hmm. And uh, yeah, um, encourage all of our our readers and listeners to keep on um, being creepy weirdos. <laughs> um, and my third and final non sequitur is uh, that from this point on we are going to call PFAS um, per and polyfluoroalkyl substances in this podcast. Oh, yes. Um, we had a, a podcast listener um, 
uh, lodge uh, a complaint um, that that we didn't say that um, in the previous episode. And so um, from now on, um, uh, or at least until we get sick of it, we're we're just gonna always call them per and polyfluoroalkyl substances instead of PFAS. Okay. Thanks. Okay, thanks. <laughs> what was your one? I just really liked your you're you're very dedicated to covering the school committee. Um, and also, I'm sorry, no one has, you know, stepped up to cover it in your stead, presumably, as you have requested several times on this podcast. I, I had someone shadow and come to a couple and say, you know, actually, no. <laughs> so, oh, okay. and, you know, I don't, I don't blame them at all. Yeah. Um, but this is a good job for someone. Yeah. So uh, going to wave this flag again. Um Someone help take this uh, school committee beat away from me. I've had it too long. My power is corrupting me, and <laughs> it is a um, good thing you can do for the community to take it away from me. And there's two things I just wanted to mention about the school committee. They're just kind of adjacent. One is that there is an open seat. For a Montague member. Yes. I believe that it's still open, and no one has um, expressed interest yet. The chair, Jane Oaks, said, if you know of anybody who might be interested, all they need to do is send a letter or an email of interest to the superintendent's office. So there was that. And then also, it sounds like the regionalization feedback sessions, uh, at least one, has been scantily attended. So there's more of those coming up, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of, if if they do <laughs> try to form a school district that's like Gill, Montague, Leiden, Bernardston, Northfield, and Warwick, it's at some point going to become a huge public conversation and mm-hmm. controversy. And I think that there's people who are going to not like this proposal. Mm. And, you know, we've been trying to cover it. It's a process. It's like a, they're doing this study process of it, you know, planning board. Um, but they want public input, mm-hmm. and um, they don't seem to be getting a ton of it. And you know, they're they're on the point now where they're trying to do outreach and have forums and, and mm-hmm. get the public to talk about it. And it seems like maybe not getting too much. So I mean, I don't know uh, where our responsibility is. Um, if you're listening to the Montague Reporter podcast. Um, and this is the first time you're hearing about the potential six town school region, drop me a line. I'll, I'll fill you in on the background of it. You can decide what you think of it. Um, but yeah, good, good thing to flag. Thanks, Sarah. Yeah, of course. All right. Well, let's do the credits. Thank you for listening to the Montague Reporter podcast. Listeners can support the podcast by rating and reviewing it or telling a friend. Don't forget to read the Montague Reporter newspaper. Uh, you can subscribe to it at montaguereporter.org slash subscribe. We do home delivery in most of these towns. Huge thanks to our podcast editor, Stella Silbert. Thank you to Blue Dot Sessions for the music. And thank you to Greenfield Community Television for technical support. All right, and thank you, Mike Jackson, for coming on the podcast. As I like to say, this would not exist without you, so thanks a lot. But it could, right? It could. Oh, gosh, yeah. Well, you keep on insisting that, so um, I I guess you are right.